Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. Nerdapalooza, the world's largest nerd music festival and with generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and to learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Epic Podcast. Introducing your hosts, Nelson Lugo and Schaefer the Dark Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you from the beautiful and spacious Studio 6C in Astoria, Queens, this is the Epic Podcast, Episode 12. I'm your host, Nelson Lugo. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you from the beautiful and spacious Studio 6C in Astoria, Queens, this is the Epic Podcast, Episode 12. And I am your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Look, if you say I don't say enough in the intro, I'm going to say all of it. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give you that one. I'm going to... Co- really? I'm, yeah, yeah. Good. No, that's, that's a fair... It's a ridiculous point, but it's a fair point. So uh, I'm just happy you said your name. I don't care how you did it. Well... Uh, how you doing, man? We're back. We're back. It's been a month. I know. It's been a whole month. It's been a really hot, sweaty month. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Seriously. New we York are in the a, grips of a heat wave. It is awful. Yeah. Absolutely awful here. This year, uh, I spent the best money I've ever spent in a brand new air conditioner. In previous hey. years, I have purchased used air conditioners from friends that Ooh. they were getting rid of them, and it barely cooled my you know, just my bedroom. My whole apartment right. is hot as fuck, but sure. my, it just just for cooling my bedroom. And they they never really worked. They made they gave me really expensive electric bills. They were very loud. Oh my! Uh, and also, I feel like the heat waves in summers past haven't been quite so uh, brutal. Well, they were brutal, but not nearly as long. Yeah, well, like, that's yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah the, last year around the Fourth of July, there was a nasty one for about five days. Yeah, oh, I remember that one. Uh, yeah, well, this has been July. This has been like all month, <laughs> and I've got a brand new air conditioner in my bedroom. And damn, it's like when you wake up in there, it's like I'll oh, be in a hotel. It's so nice. Cold. Yeah, it's nice. lovely. Um, I'm actually quite lucky in that I live in a uh, finished basement, and so it's always several degrees cooler in my apartment than anywhere else. Is that difficult? What do you mean? Because you don't speak Finnish. Wow. Um, wow. I Look, it's not my proudest hour. That's, I can't, is that racist? I don't know. Nope. Uh, it's uh, xenophobic. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. Yeah, we're in the grips of a heat wave, um, but that you can get that on the news. Who cares about that? Let's right. talk about important stuff. Uh, all right. So, all right. I have been doing well. <laughs> I have been doing my version of well. Yeah? Yeah. Well, okay. Is that Does that mean that you are uh, drinking less, uh, going out uh, more? Uh, as in socializing, uh, rather than being stuck in your apartment all day long. Okay, neither of those things. Okay, are all right. Uh, uh, are you uh, using less substances to get yourself through the day? All right, maybe I should just tell you instead of having you guess. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, most of those things are pretty accurate. <laughs> well, I do know you. Yes, I, I know am, you quite I, well. I am a social hermit. I yes. Um, luckily, this year I have had an excuse for yeah. being a social yeah, hermit. Yeah, absolutely. But absolutely. I. Really, I feel I would be a social hermit regardless. Yeah, yeah, you would. I don't like going out unless I have to. Um, I just want to be alone and so that I can spend some quality time with the goblins in my head. <laughs> to be fair, I am also the same way. I actually do not enjoy leaving my apartment unless there's a specific and urgent reason for me to leave right. my apartment like work yeah i go out when i have a gig right when when i'm being paid that's when i leave my apartment or at least that's when i don't mind leaving my apartment right now uh, it would probably suit both of us to get out a little bit more because again you all right your uh your basement with the fins yeah uh it's nice and cool because it's basement <laughs> right. i'm on the sixth floor of a building and it sucks oh. in here well it's nice in my bedroom again climate sure control. Uh, well you also have fans that i mean that you know electric fans that yeah, helps right. a little bit right a little bit well you know you got you got to take the good with the bad my friend all right uh, you, when did you become such an optimist oh i've always been an optimist they, i just there was just a large chunk of time where i was crazy sad well they must have taken out your pessimism tumors <laughs> <laughs> I kept all of my uh, bleak outlook on life in my testicles. Right. Uh, and so... Ooh, that's actually probably a fitting description for your life, regardless of cancer. <laughs> Touche, sir. Touche. Um, <laughs> and you? How have you been doing? Uh, that was qualified. Well, you know what? It's, it's, been, it's been a pretty crazy summer. Uh, would you know, say it's been one crazy summer? No, no, I would not for many, many reasons. Not the least of which is that I do not want to entertain the poorly realized joke that you want to tell. I just want to make quotes from a John Cusack movie right. of the eighties. All right, go right. on. Uh, well, I mean, I got, I got done with all my hospital stuff, right? Yeah. And I'm in the clear, uh, for all kinds of things. So yay that. And then I just kind of hit the ground running, just trying to get really busy doing stuff and um, trying to get uh, Epic Win Burlesque uh, back under the auspices of, uh, of a Lugo running the show. Um, the they, Lugo regime. Right. The Lugo regime. Uh, and, you know, doing other stuff, trying to get my magic career back on track and things like that. Um, uh, did some traveling, went to Florida. Florida. Yeah. Uh, hosted the a, Sunshine State. The Sunshine State. I was in Orlando for about a week, and uh, I hosted uh, the Big Bang Boom Cabaret, mm -hmm. uh, which is a lot of fun. I love I love those ladies down there. They're doing some really wonderful work. It's Gams and Kisses show. Uh, Gams Divine and uh, Kiss of Von Adams. Uh, lovely, lovely people. 
uh, very very pretty, very and very talented, and uh, very savvy. Just very business savvy. Yeah, they're great. Um, and uh, yeah, and then you know, uh, which I suppose we'll get into later. But um, uh, may, it was a very productive trip for me uh, for my own career as well. So. Uh, which I guess we'll talk about later. You want to save? You want to save that for a little while? Yeah, yeah, we'll save it for later. Okay. Yeah, I mean, otherwise well, we won't have anything to talk about. Well, yeah, like I'd like to point out, we do not have a guest this month. No, no, this is this is uh, this is well, it's a couple of things. One, it's our twelfth episode, so this is a landmark episode for us. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay. When is the number twelve a landmark in anything? Well, it's you know we're coming up we're coming up on our birthday. Oh, all right. You know what I mean? So, but it's not our birthday. Not officially, no. no so. But 12 episodes is nothing to sneeze at. Do you realize that like 90% of all podcasts that get started like fail before they reach 10? Oh, no, no, no. We've made 12 episodes, but we failed like two episodes in. <laughs> if you're at home and you want to go back to our archives, I feel the pilot episode was very charming and clever, and it's just been like a roller coaster <laughs> down ever since. Ah, oh, shut up. No, come on. We've done we've done some really interesting. No, uh, we've had some great guests. Oh, you, you now who's being self deprecating? Me. Yeah, not me for a change. Uh, so yeah, all right. So we're having we're not having a guest because it's a uh, milestone. Also, I think it just kind of helps, or it's thematically appropriate for the kind of social hermitude. <laughs> <laughs> both, I don't really feel like entertaining a guest that isn't you right now. I, I yeah, don't... I think you know when, when we you know we talked about it and said, well, who do who do we can who can we get? And we know tons and tons of interesting people, but nothing, nobody really just came to mind until we just came to the realization that both of us are working on some pretty important stuff in our own sort of personal careers as entertainers. That that's. Right. You know, and there's a, and there's a lot of people who are very interested to know the status of where you are and the status of where I am, and uh, I just thought this would be a really good opportunity to sort of catch them up on what's going on. So we don't need yeah. somebody else in here with their silly ideas and no. projects and voices. Fuck other entertainers. Gosh, that makes it so much easier to edit so this. So much easier. Um. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. What else is new? I know what else is new. What's that? Well, we just got back from Comic Con. Oh, that's right, Comic Con. Comic-Con. California, IA. San Diego. We nice. swam with the sharks. We did. If, and if by sharks you mean a sea of nerds, then... Yeah. The annual Comic-Con in San Diego. Uh, oh, Very man. difficult to get into. I mean, it sells out almost within hours of the Well, we bought, we bought our tickets like the day they became available yeah. online. Yeah. And we went out there because we wanted to go see everything and stand in all the lines. And we saw so much awesome stuff. I saw so many people from New York in San Diego, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of New York nerds just make it out there. They do. Uh, Pat and Tony. Pat and Tony. They're always there. Yeah. Lucas uh, Siegel from Lu- Newsarama was Lucas there. Lucas Siegel from Newsarama, two-time PyCast alum. <laughs> he was there working for Newsarama.com. Uh, insane. This was an insane year for Comic-Con. Oh, gosh. Do you know who we got to see at Comic-Con? We saw a lot of people. Who are you we, talking we about? We saw Loki of Asgard. Damn right. When he appeared at the Marvel Hall H, motherfucker! Right, the Marvel panel at Hall H. When he addressed the crowd and asked them to kneel, there was Tom Hiddleston in yes. full regalia. And then the the teaser for Superman two. Oh my goodness! They're gonna do a Superman versus Batman movie, a world's finest. I know. Movie. I, I was know. like, the room was electric when they showed that. That, when that actor from Man of Steel came yes, out and spoke, and then guy. they showed the graphic. Yes. Oh, God. And then, I just the, and, felt then it. and then the lights came back on and they were gone. 
Oh, it was. Oh gosh, it was just amazing. Oh, and then oh, and uh, we uh, Brian Cranston yeah. was walking around on the convention floor, but he was cosplaying as Walter White. He had the most realistic mask, and, and then when he revealed it at the <laughs> panel where he spoke, boy, that was a big reveal. None of us saw that coming. Let's say it happened at the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy panel because I think he's in that. Sure. So yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, just uh, uh, just an amazing Comic Con. Uh, you know what would have probably the only thing yeah. that would have made this year's Comic Con even better for us uh, if we actually attended Comic Con this year? Yeah, that would have been great. That would have been so awesome if we did that. That was. It's it's a rough I wanted, week. I wanted to go this year so bad. It's and, a rough week every year. Yeah. And it's just everybody's why just. Don't, posting why don't we go? Endlessly. Seriously, like, why don't we actually go? Why, why is that. Well, first of all, you're not, actually, you're not actually a con person. You don't even go to New York Comic Con. Uh, I don't know why that is either. Oh, no. Yes, I do. Uh, because it's full of people. <laughs> and crowds. I don't like crowds of people. Look, I like crowds of people. I don't go to parades. Right. I don't like big parties. Right. I don't like big shows, even if it's a band I really like. I don't yeah. like going to stadium shows. And I don't like going to conventions. I only like big crowds of people right. in one situation. Where I have to be standing at least six feet higher than everybody else, <laughs> and they all have to be facing my direction. <laughs> then I love crowds. Oh, they're, they're just like they're just like heroin. Oh, they're so intoxicating. Their love and their enthusiasm and their screams. Wonderful. Candy. Uh, uh, other than that. If I have to... I, I feel the same way, but I'm not as strict about it as you are. Like, I go to New York Comic Con. Right. And the crowds unnerve me. But I tolerate it because it's New York Comic Con. You know what I mean? I don't do... I, but other than that, I don't, I don't voluntarily put myself in massive crowds. Sure. I, I just don't. Uh, I don't go to parades for the same reason. I don't go to concert shows for the same reason. Um... You know, ever since I've lived in New York, people always ask me, hey, have you ever been to the Macy's Day Parade on Thanksgiving? Yeah. And I always say, you know they show that on television, right? Yeah, I have gone, I've gone to every major parade once. And then never again. No, God, no. Uh, just so I can say I did it. You ever gone to Times Square on New Year's Eve? Once. Really? Once. And never again. Oh my I feel like I'm about to, I, I'm gonna have a seizure just thinking about being I there. yeah, I just can't I just can't do it. Like I'm I'm t- I'm too much of a I guess a prima donna. You know what I mean? Like I wanna be able to sit down and I wanna be able to like go to the bathroom without having it be an ordeal. You know what I mean? Like sure. I just I and I don't like being pushed and jostled and have to respect other people's space. I would love to go to Comic-Con, but I don't really want to fly across the country to stand in line for 18 hours. Well, it's a bit more than that, but... What do you mean? Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, you don't, well, you don't stand in line for 18 hours. That's what You I stand think. in line constantly. You, well, all, you spend all of your time standing in line to get into panels. Yeah. To get yeah. to signings, yeah. to even get like see booths, it's like a sure. Uh, I I just I don't do well with. Maybe that's it. Maybe you just don't like waiting. Okay. I hate waiting, and I hate waiting in line. Oh, I guess you know I don't mind waiting if it's something that you like is very important to me, you know. And I guess that's why I'll do it for New York Comic Con, but I won't do it anywhere else, basically. Uh, but yeah. Sandy, it's like, I really, again, it's like, it's like, it's like doing the, doing those New York things for me. Like, I want to go to San Diego Comic-Con at least once. Yeah. So I can say I did it. Yeah, I do too. Let's go next year. 
Yeah, let's totally do it. Let's go next year. Well, then we, now, if we decide to do it next year, we're yeah. not even going to be able to do it because... Why not? Oh, because there's like now it's because it sells out so fast. There's like a lottery to get tickets. Oh, sh- no, there isn't. Uh, I was talking to uh, Lamaya last night and she was talking about how Tony and Pat barely got... We have inns. We have we have industry inns. Who? How do we have inns? Lucas Siegel for one. I don't think he can get us tickets to Comic Con. Well, if any, if he anyone, he can bring us back some sweet swag. That's and true. He better he be, if he wants to be on this podcast. I don't think again. he can get us tickets to Comic Con though. I think I think if anyone knew a way to get tickets, it would be him. Yeah. Um, look. <laughs> I think you're overestimating how strong of connections we have. Well, the thing is, you won't even you won't even attempt to utilize them as a resource. I say, let's try. The worst that can happen is that you can't do it, and we're no worse off if we never say anything at all. Fine. All right, next year, our plan. All right, San next... Diego Comic Con. All right, done. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about comic books? Because I, I want to talk about comic books a little bit. Sure. So, what have you been reading? I don't want to. I don't want to uh, talk about stuff we've already talked about because I think we've talked about them to death. Oh my god! Time. Have you heard about Lock and Key? Shut up! It's so good. It's a story of this family <laughs> that experiences. All right, a I'm going to stop you there. Um, I have been reading. I don't know if this is actually in print because I don't go to comic book shops anymore because I get everything digitally. Um, but there's a title called Batman '66. Right. It is a comic book series that is written. It's, it's about Batman, but it's the Batman universe the Adam from West the Batman. television show. Yes, it's the Adam West Batman. The first issue came out last week. The first issue? Yeah. Oh, I'm reading like issue three right now. Oh, then I was wrong. Uh, they're weekly. It's a weekly title. Wow. And it's been optimized for digital uh, reading. Oh, okay. Um, which means it's animated in a in a really wonderfully kooky. Kind oh, like of a way. motion comic. One of those. A things. little bit. I mean, not not as sophisticated as a motion comic, but it does. It'll um, every every time you touch the screen to turn the page. Normally, what happens is it'll just go to another panel. But what this does, it'll actually populate like thought balloons or automatopias or new um, art on the page you're already uh, looking at, and it's fracking wonderful. Really? Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. But then again, I'm a sucker for the Adam West TV show. Right. I still like, I don't even have a lot of nostalgia attached to Adam West television. I have extraordinary nostalgia for that TV show. I'll watch it every now and then when it's, you know, on the hub at like two in the morning. But that's only because I'm too high to turn the channel. Um, And because I'm hoping it's like a a Riddler episode. Well, I mean, I think this is actually a really wonderful gateway comic book for, you know, people who, who... don't read comic books um, because everybody fucking knows the Adam West TV show. Everybody, even even if you don't read comic books, you've seen the Adam West TV show at some point in your childhood. And this harkens back. It has all the same characters. It has the same you know Chief O'Hara and the same guy who played the commissioner. And they're uh, illustrated like the cast. Yeah, exactly. And the dialogue is exactly the same. It's that sort of over the top, old chum kind of uh, uh, stuff. It's actually quite wonderful. I'm having and, a lot uh, of fun. Is Robin an idiot? Yeah. he's st- <laughs> Yeah. Because Robin was an idiot on the television show. Yeah, he's still he's still kind of an idiot in this one as well. Uh, and it's just... I just like... And Julie Newmore, like the Julie Newmore Catwoman is in it. Oh, nice. And the Frank Gorshin Riddler is in it. Good. And Frank Gorshin Riddler. Emmy-nominated performance. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. For Batman. Yeah. For no, playing I know. the Riddler on that show. He yeah. was nominated for an Emmy. He didn't win, but, no, but st- he, he was nominated. Look, that's still... I'm giving you the... I'm giving him the kudos. I'm okay. agreeing with you. Uh, do you think they're going to 
switch among Catwomen. Look, I want to see them switch among Catwomen. The Eartha Cat? I don't want to see the other Riddler because uh, no, no, the, that, the guy yeah. from Adam's Family. Uh, oh, right. Um, the guy played Gomez Adams. I yeah, think, yeah, he, I he was Riddler for a while, and that was a uh, travesty. It was a travesty. But I would love to see some Eartha Kit. Um, I don't know. Right now it's Julie Newmar, but um, it's so good. It doesn't really matter. I'm never going to read it. Uh, it's a shame. Uh, you know what? I probably, if it's actually in print, it's probably not nearly as fun, but because it's animated in a kooky kind of way oh, on the digital a, thing. Having an interactive experience while yes, you read it. Yes. All right. Um, what else? Uh, the new Batman Superman. The, the first issue came out this right. month. I still haven't picked that up. You told me that you got it and it was I liked good. it. Huh. I liked it a lot. Uh, it's still only the first issue, so it's still too early to tell. Right. But I like the, the dynamic that they're creating it's still this antagonistic like you know batman doesn't like superman assume and clark kent doesn't like bruce wayne kind of thing uh, is there does this now do you think that this there's so many batman books in the so, dc universe now so many and for the most part they, it's weird because they all kind of take place in the same universe all the various yeah. batman books reference the death of damian wayne and yeah. acknowledge it in some way yeah uh does this Batman Superman book take place in that universe? Or did they mention the death of Damien in the first issue, I guess is what I'm getting at. No. Uh, it's almost, it's, it's, um, the story is a, uh, prequel. It's like almost like a year one. It's when they first meet. Right. Um, but there is a time travel element to it. Wait, I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. It's not a, <laughs> I was going to read this thing and now I'm not. Why? Because time travel is my very least favorite, uh, it's like, well, storytelling device. It's a, it's a, it, from what I've gathered, and I hope that wasn't a big ass spoiler, but um, it's we, we, we get to see a very young Bruce Wayne and a very young Clark Kent, which is what we're already seeing in the new 52. Yes. And, but, uh, and we get to see them meet for the first time um, and how each of them uh, figures out who the other one is. And, uh, but there's, there's a, but but it's very but it's written in such a way that's almost it's it's past tense, you know. So it's like it's already happened. So it's almost from a point of view of of someone in the future. Ah, I see. Yeah. Huh. So I might read it. Uh, you know, I've never been a big Superman fan, but I no. did used to read years and years and years and years ago. I did. Yeah. I did love the world's finest books because yeah. Batman. Yeah. Uh, I don't like Clark on his own, but I like him. And the, his relationship with, with Bruce in the various ways that's been told. Well, I was a big fan of the Batman-Superman titles before the New 52. Um, I know because I have your comic book collection here, <laughs> yes, which I alphabetized and uh, ordered uh, chronologically. Such a... So I know that you love Batman and Superman. Yes. Uh, and so I kind of missed it. Uh, and the fact, and they're bringing it back. And so I'm excited about the idea. So far, so good. I mean, I'll, I'll pick up issue two. Uh, it's, again, it's a little too early to tell, but I uh, I like the first issue a lot. You know, all right, I'll check it out. Uh, it di- looked beautiful. Di- I flipped through it. It oh, looked like I don't know who gorgeous. the artist is, but it, it, looked, is it looked like the same artist who did the Ozymandias books from the Watchmen I uh, before, I from read the Before Watchmen series. Uh, it looked beautiful. Uh, and what else? Lastly, but not leastly, I'm, and you're probably going to groan about this. Oh, great! Superman Unchained. Ah, uh, is that the that's Scott the new Snyder? Yes, that's Scott Snyder's <laughs> that's Superman. The, book. It's the new Superman book. It's up to issue two. Uh, I I like Superman. Um, I don't read Superman very often, uh, and I haven't read Superman for a long time. But I don't have a problem with Superman, as most people do. 
uh, most people like out and out just hate Superman. Which, and they say all the same stuff. He's too good. He's yeah, I just don't. Scout. I like. I never. I, ne- I never understood the arguments, but. Um, I don't read Superman not because I don't like the character only because I just think it's really hard to write for Superman and they end up the stories end up falling feeling really flat most of the time sure um, but this new Superman Unchained quite good now let me ask you since there are again a number of Superman books sure. in the DC universe right now uh, in the rest of the books is he uh, chained to something <laughs> Uh, not that I'm aware of. It'd be no. a pretty boring book. They're up to like 20 uh, some issues of some of these series. If it was like 20 issues of just Superman chained to a wall going, boy, I wish I could break free of these chains. I would totally go out there and do some good. Uh, wow. How is this unchained? Why is it unchained? What is that? I mean? don't know. I think it's, I think it's just another kind of like, because I don't think just having the title Superman doesn't sell books anymore in much the same way like you can't have just a spider-man book it has to be like the amazing spider-man or you know the inc- it was always the amazing spider-man no i know but you the, the you can't have like marvel just doesn't like you know it can't just be thor it has to be like the mighty thor uh so in the, it's just another title it's superman unchained it's like batman forever oh god <laughs> shut up <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I'm reading some pretty cool stuff. I'm reading this really awesome title called, uh, Charismagic. Uh, it's a, I guess it's a play on charismatic. Uh, <laughs> your belabored sighs are like food for my trolling soul. It just sounds like something that a hack rapper would use as like a title of a song. Ooh. And then yeah, like, I think, you'd be yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, look at your magnificent wordplay. Charismagic. Whoa. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of the title, but the book is actually quite good and I'm just now reading them. It's about this this stage magician who actually has uh an actual magic power and it's a, and it's it's a significant uh thing that in in this world where real magic exists basically. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so that's right up your alley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I am a fan of magic cuz I'm a magician. I haven't really been been reading uh, too much new stuff. Uh, the fifth trade of Lock and Key came out. It's great. I'm, I'm, I've we've I've talked about Lock and Key for two episodes. If Dude. you still listen to this podcast and you haven't started reading it yet, come on! <laughs> it's the best book being written right now. It's so good. Um, uh, so, do, do you want to do you want do you want to talk about uh, the thing that you purchased on the internet? Oh, yeah. I found this company that makes these replicas of props from various uh, fantasy properties, and they actually make these die-cast replicas of the various keys in Lock and Key. I'm so jealous. Lock and Key is a world in which um, this family moves into this house that's kind of – it's got magic surrounding it, and there are all these keys scattered about throughout the house, and they all have various powers, and uh, all the keys are really amazing looking. So there's this company that makes uh, a number of the keys, and – you yes. got a you got a head key. I did. I purchased a head key. And I not for me. I purchased it for BB Hart. Yes, who's also yes. also a big fan of yes. Lock and Key. Uh, I'm very jealous. I I want to own those keys, but I have no logical practical. I know. Reason I want for them owning all now. them. I want all of them. And now. I just I just want them. They don't make have. the gender key. That was well yet. Well, yet yet. <laughs> uh, so I've been reading that and it's it's again it's still excellent um, a lot of great stuff has been well I don't know about great but exciting stuff has been happening in Walking Dead um, is there, I'm not I'm not reading that so ca- catch me up a little well bit. it's there's been this ongoing story where there's this these two uh, 
these two factions in conflict. And one of them is Rick's group, who is like teamed up with a group called the Hilltop. And another group led by a man named Ezekiel, who is this mystic with a pet tiger. Oh, dear. And so, yeah, at some point you're like, all right, Walking Dead, you are totally running out of ideas. <laughs> and they're going up against uh, a group called the Saviors, led by a man named uh, Nagan. And he is the one of the best villains ever oh, written. Really? Yeah. Now, when this whole conflict first started, it felt very much like they were just retreading old territory. Very much felt like the, the governor's story from years ago in the prison. And the governor leads Woodbury, and there's this conflict, and blah, 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 blah. And the governor was a sadist. Way more in the comics than he was on the TV show. But sure. the, the TV show governor well, was pretty it's, terrible, it's, too. it's a TV show. Uh, Nagin, in the books, is horrifying oh my. and so they've been like building this up for a while and it has felt a little boring because or not a little boring but it's felt a little tired and frustrating because it, it feels very much like the pacing has felt a lot like the woodbury governor conflict ah, and it right. seems like they're just kind of doing the same thing over and over uh there were some announcements that came out i'm gonna assume they were made at comic-con <laughs> or ahead of comic-con i don't know because we didn't i was too busy hanging out with my air conditioner jealous and um, apparently they're amping up for a uh, full-on war between these two factions. It's going Whoa. to take place over 12 issues, but these 12 issues um, are going to be published in something like nine months. So they're going to be doing like oh, wow. three weeks instead of monthly, which is great because they did that in like 97 through 100 as they were leading up to issue 100. So getting, the, uh. getting a new Walking Dead every three weeks versus monthly – was great so i'm excited about that because uh some big shit just went down in the book really it's surely gonna kick off this whole war and uh i'm actually excited to see how this plays out and i just hope i'm not like just reading the same thing i've already read before right 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 so but it's still i'm i'm i am very excited about the walking dead right now one of these days i'm gonna have to jump back on the on the horse and just get those trades because i think i got up to like seven seven or eight you made the seven or eight of the trades yeah yeah, they're they're eighteen now. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah I, I haven't read for a while. Okay. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe one of these days, maybe I'll do it digitally. That way, uh, you know, yeah. I don't have to take any more uh, shelf space up in my uh, sure finite room of my apartment. Another uh, thing that I've been excited about in comics is um, our pal Lucas Siegel uh-huh. posted a link today. Uh, oh, right. An about, interview uh, with Grant Morrison Batman Inc. talking about the final issue of Batman Inc., which is coming. Batman Inc. number 13 will be the final issue yeah. of that series, and which once upon a time was about how the Batman brand has spread to other countries around the world. Right. And in fact, that was what the story was in the original 52, or, or, or I'm sorry, in the um, original continuity, pre-52. Um, but ever since the new 52 started... It's really just – it was just about Damien. Yeah. Uh, that was the yeah. – that's the book where Damien died. He died yeah. number nine or number eight. And uh, uh, so it's really oh, wow. been this whole like kind of global – this conspiracy that Talia has been launching right. to get back at, at uh, Bruce. Um, the last issue, Bruce confronted the uh, Damien's killer and it was really <laughs> brutal. It was great. And Graham Morrison said in this article that, again, Lucas posted that number 13 is coming. It's going to be incredibly bleak. And it's probably going to piss people off. And yeah. upon reading those words, I got twice as excited as I already had been. I I, I don't tr- like it when they cater to me. I don't yeah. like it when movies cater to me and give me what they think that I want. Or, oh. or when books yeah. go the easy route. Like, I, I would have been more satisfied at the end of The Dark Knight Rises if yeah. Bruce had actually died. 
instead of faking his death so he could go live happily ever after in yeah, Spain yeah, with Catwoman. Yeah. Uh, I, I like it when stuff ends bad. That's why The Empire Strikes Back is the best movie of all time because the <laughs> bad guys win. So, uh, and it's, it's just hopelessness. Everybody, they failed. Everybody is screwed. Um, so I'm actually, I'm really looking forward to the end of Batman Inc. Well, I, I've enjoyed everything that Grant Morrison's ever done. So, uh, I, you've read, I mean, you, there's no way you could possibly have consumed everything. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, but I, I've, I've consumed quite a bit of Grant Morrison, uh, stuff over the years and, uh, he has never let me down. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to trust that he knows what he's doing and I don't necessarily need a happy ending either. Considering that, you know, for the next, you know, in the, in the Batman book, he's just going to, he's basically on an angry tirade for the next half year at least. Oh, no, no, no. In the Batman book, he's you know. there. They've gone back in time. They're retelling his origin. No, I'm talking about Batman and Robin, the title Batman oh, yeah. and Robin, which is now Batman and Red Wing and Batman and Red Hood and Batman and Catwoman. Oh, that book's great. I know. That's still, by the way, Batman and Robin <laughs> or Batman and whoever his, his sidekick this month is still the best Batman book. It is. Uh, hands down. In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and send a shout out to Rachel Gluckstern over at DC Comics. You're doing great work editing those Batman books, especially Batman and Robin. Rachel, what, what? No way she listens to this. But no, no, there's no way. But, you know, maybe, maybe it'll get back to her. Maybe someone listens to it that does know her. Oh, and maybe she'll grace us with her presence one day. <laughs> maybe. One can dream. Yeah. One can dream. Uh, but, yeah. That's, I, I mean, other than that, I watched a bunch of movies, went to Florida. Now I'm here talking with you. <laughs> I've been trying to play video games. I haven't had time because I've been very busy. Uh, but I've been like, I'm still chipping away at The Last of Us. Uh-huh. Uh, I did play through that um, new chapter for The Walking Dead Telltale's game. Oh, uh, yeah. I played that, 400 too. Days. I played yeah, that, too. It yeah. Was, so good. Uh, I don't know about that. I liked it. It had so much potential. If it had been once given, if it had just been like kind of one story, yeah. it would have been fine. But it felt like five stories that all ended before I knew who I was even dealing with. And I get it. They're oh. setting up for they're setting up for chapter two or uh, for season two of that of that game. You know, I I didn't mind it. I actually liked the smaller bite size chunks. of I it. I felt the thing that worked so well in the, in the walk in the in the main game was that they really had time to develop the characters and you really yeah. developed re- relationships with these yeah. characters. I couldn't even tell you the name of a single character in four hundred <laughs> days, and I played it in one sitting. Uh, couldn't tell you a single one of them. Uh, Vince Vince might have been the prisoner. <laughs> you know what? I enjoyed it. I mean, I I also can't tell you their names, but I mean, I enjoyed it I too. Don't, I, I just... don't. I I don't mind it. I actually had a good time playing it, and it was very suspenseful and very. Uh, uh, choices were mad, fucking difficult. Oh yeah, choices were very uh, difficult. I'll give you that. You know, and there was some really like very tense moments where split react, split timing reaction was required. And let me ask you a uh, question. Yeah, at the at the um. Whatever the the convenience store, the gas station, or hotel, whatever, wherever I don't even remember what the locations were. There was a place where there was a bunch of survivors, and they caught somebody stealing their stuff. Uh, yes. And you have to make a decision to kill that person or let him go. Yes. What did you do? I killed. <gasps> dude. And then and then we booked it. I let him go. Uh, I, I'm gonna play it again, and I'm gonna make all the opposite choices this time, dude. Not killing in cold blood—that's the last part of our humanity. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was more afraid of what they would do to me 
as a result. Oh, I love that too. Like the character yeah. that you play is the last one to pick and everybody, it's like yeah. a split vote. Yeah. yeah that's, that was... And everybody kind of blamed that character for the, for like the horrible shit that happened after like shit got stolen or like when they, when they let that one guy go, basically. You know that there was uh, a reference to the original game. Oh yeah. In that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I saw Despicable Me 2. You saw Despicable Me too. Yeah. How was it? Adorable. <laughs> I love Despicable Me. I love that movie so much. Uh, and I was really excited for a sequel. And it delivered. It was really wonderful. I liked it a lot. It was very touching and very uh, a very sweet story. Uh, and funny. Just funny as hell. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, liked it a lot, actually. Nice. Uh, very, very pleased with that movie. Uh, go out and watch it. I just haven't been to the movies in forever. Yeah. Because again, I've been so busy. Oh, here's one thing I've been doing. I'm going to talk about a thing I can't talk about. What? I have been watching a television series on Netflix. Oh, which one? Well, that's the thing. It's a television series that's beloved by many people. Oh, dear. Why uh, can't you talk about uh, it then? Oh, I, knew, I know exactly what you're talking about And now. somehow I managed to make it through when this television series originally aired without hearing anything about it. Like I, I vaguely, like I recognize some of the cast members, but sure. I didn't really hear anything about it all the way through the end. Considering I got a bunch of nerds in my, my news feeds, <laughs> I somehow managed to make it through unscathed. So I, some time has passed and now I'm watching it for the first time finally. And it's awesome. And every time something awesome happens, I want to quote it online or talk about it online or compare it to something. But I can't because I'm terrified of my fans spoiling this show for me. So uh, I can't talk about it until I finish it. And I can be like, hey, guess what, fuckers? I just watched for the first time and I made it through to the end without learning anything. Wait, wait. Are you watching... The, the, what, are you the, gonna spell it like no, a no, no, no. Right. are you are you watching the the content that's that's exclusive to Netflix or are you going back and watching the entire thing um you are thinking of the wrong thing this, oh, this t- particular show does not have uh, content exclusive to Netflix oh so okay so you're watching something on Netflix yes that you that everybody's seen everybody's seen well not everybody but a lot of people a lot seen. okay so it's part of the pop culture lexicon sure and you're just now getting around to it yeah well, tell me what it is and beep it's it out. Awesome. Tell me what it is and beep it out. I'm only like I'm near the end of the second season. Tell me what it is and beep it out. I'll tell you when we're done recording. I'm no, just, even... it's funny if you beep it. I feel like I just did that joke. <laughs> I just did that joke. <laughs> I am watching. Oh, are you now? Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. Shut I... your fucking mouth. Oh, I know. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I I only watched the first season of that. And I didn't care for it. Really? Did not care for it. When I got it. to the end of the first season, I was kind of like still, oh, no, this, is, I, this has potential. When you get into the second season, you're like, oh, that's what this show is? Oh, really? Yeah. So I should, I should start the second season? Oh, fuck, yeah. Well, I'm going I'm to tell you this. I watched the first season, and uh, I was like, oh, this is interesting, but I don't get what all the hype is about. Yeah, it's, it's really good. All right. I'm taking all of this out. Okay. Because they're going to try and guess. <laughs> yeah, but we, we've said nothing. Yeah, I know they're still going to try and guess. Well, let them guess. Who I cares? know how you people are. Uh, awesome. Um, now that we are approaching our one-year anniversary, though, mm-hmm. um, are, is there anything uh, you know, you'd like to – anything we've learned, anything we've learned in this year, anything special 
uh, about uh, uh, that you want to drop on our uh, looming one-year anniversary? Did you know yeah. that the Epic Piecast theme song has yeah. lyrics? Are you ke- really? Seriously? <laughs> Dude, is, it, is it like, you're watching the Epic Piecast? I don't know. You're listening to the Epic Piecast. The Piecast. I'm going to rhyme something with cast. Nope. Mast. Not at all like that. Fast. You should really know. Trast. Okay. Flabbergast. No, it's not. That's a good rhyme, though. Thank you. Uh, but no. Oh. I... Look, so there's a there's a fella named Dave Famous who uh, created our opening theme song. Yes, he created the theme music for the uh, opening of the podcast. Right. Um, he also, over the years, he has created a lot of loops that I have turned into arrangements for songs of mine. So he has created the music behind uh, Cat People, oh, Night, wow. of, Night of the Living Christ, Oh Wow, Arrival of the Fittest. Whoa. Uh, fuck this song. Oh, super villain. Nerd nice. lust. Nice. Um, so uh, a, a lot, a lot, a lot of the Schaefer to Dark Lord yes. songography. Dave, Dave Famous has made a lot of beats uh, over the years. Um, also, he's my former brother-in-law. Oh, because he is Doctor Eviler's brother. Look at that. Yep. Small world. Uh, for more information on Doctor Eviler, please see episode seven. Uh, so he gave me this beat when he was giving me beats like years ago. He'd give me the beat that became the Epic Podcast theme, and I was going to write a song to it, uh, and I just never could. Like I, I came up with a hook and a chorus. I came up with a chorus that I really, really liked and a, and a concept for it, but I couldn't ever write the verses, and I just had a hard time. And I tried a bunch, and I ended up just abandoning the project and forgot about it. And we were putting together our first episode yeah. we needed some music for the beginning and i was like oh well i remember I'll use that but i'll just make it start at the chorus because that's my favorite part i remember the very specific uh conversation we had about it i came to you and i said do we have 15 seconds of music in your junk folder that we can use and that was the first and last thing you pulled out yes yeah yeah that was it i was like i've always wanted to use this for something because i like it yeah i just i couldn't ever make it work right um, do are we are we gonna hear the lyrics to this eventually? Do or? I I could uh, I could play for you now. Yeah, you want to you want to hear the epic podcast theme? Yeah, you know what? The let's, original chorus. Yes, let's take a break uh, and you could play us out, and then we'll come back and we'll 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 talk in depth about what we're, what's up in our lives. All right, so here is the abandoned song that was going <laughs> to be, ma- and again, only a chorus, only the a abandoned chorus. chorus that was once going to be made from the epic podcast theme created by Dave Famous. And the title of that song was going to be... I Am Going to Kill You. Of course. Yeah. Of I had, course. I had a hook. I had no verses. I, I didn't, <laughs> look, I didn't really want to write a three-minute song about how I'm going to kill you. Um, well, you did at one point, but you couldn't make it work. Yeah. Well, does that mean that that concept is abandoned forever? Or can we hope to have an I Kill You song from Shave of the Dark Lord in the near future? Actually, my very first record... Me- 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. My maker, which came out in 2004. Yeah. Um, when I was uh, working on that, I was trying, when I was coming up with uh, titles for it. Yeah. I had a short list. And the top of that list was <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Eviler, uh, we were not married at that time. We were just dating. But sure. um, she talked me out of it. Uh, good on her. Yeah. Good on her. That's so, a smart move on her part. When the second record came around in 2007, uh, I had a short list of titles. And the top of that list was I'm going to kill you. <laughs> but then I... But then I, I came up with Mark of the Beast and I was like, I'm so clever. Uh, and then I just that's kind a, of... That also good change as well. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, then I just kind of abandoned the whole I'm going to kill you idea. And then years after that, it was probably like 2009, 2010. Sure. It's probably... It might have even been like 2011 when oh, wow. I finally got that beat from Dave and I was like, all right, I'm finally doing this. I'm going to kill you. If I'm not going to make it an album title, I'm going to make a song. Sure. And I couldn't even make the song. I couldn't even finish making the song. So that's as close as I ever got to it. I feel it's probably abandoned at this point. Okay, so it's just it's a dead idea that we'll probably just never see the light of day mm. at this point. All right. But All right. I would like to think that now when new episodes of the podcast come out. Sure. And when they're being played. Yeah. That uh, if anything, C. Muldrow is now hearing those lyrics <laughs> as the opening theme plays. <laughs> C. Muldrow, the number one podcast super fan. Uh, C. Muldrow, uh, she receiver of the most shout outs in the history of this podcast. That's true. I keep I can't. I keep calling it PiCast instead of podcast, and I just now said PiDcast. Uh, I forgive you. All right, thanks. I forgive you. Um, all right, so look, let's. Uh, you are working on some pretty um, important, well, rather a pretty important project. Yes. Uh, in your life. Yes. Um, which is your next album. Yes. Um, and I have been for the for, past year. Yeah. Or yeah. More. Very digi- diligently. Yes. Um, I too am working on something. Yes. Uh, so let's give the fans something. Let's talk about, let's talk about your album. I know I want to talk about your album. Well, I'll talk, uh, well, let's talk about mine first. Cause I feel like I, there's less to talk about mine than there's to talk about yours. Okay. All right. So, uh, I guess, uh, let's get this out of the way. How, how complete are you? How far away from this album being in our hands are you? Really close. I think that I will have, I was kind of gunning for an August release, uh-huh. which is still possible, but I feel it's more likely in early September. I, I It'll be at the plant in August. Oh, okay. At this point... Um, oh, wow. So it'll be like printed in August. It'll Yes. It'll be out of my hands in August. Wow. So and then I will play video games <laughs> and watch television again. <laughs> right. And do things that don't involve me just sitting at my computer with so the writing. On. So the writing is done. The songs, there are 13 songs on the album. Oh, okay. That's good to know. They are all written, 
recorded, edited, and bounced down to individual instrument stems. They are all, 13 of those songs are in the can. They are just now ready to be sent to the person who's going to mix it. And that, and you don't have a mixer yet? I've got a couple um, people lined up. Okay. I don't know who's going to actually get the gig. Okay. And it's uh, going to be going, whoever it is that's mixing it, it's uh, going to that person this week. Wow. Yeah. Uh, And then who's doing the mastering? Uh, It'll be mastered again by my friend James Cruz at Zeitgeist Sound Studios in Long Island City, New York. And he did your your last album. Yes, he mastered the last album, too. He's a a professional masterer. (laughs) Uh, And he has a couple of Latin Grammys. That's right. I remember you telling me. He he mastered a couple of Latin albums. Yeah, that one Uh, album of the year. Wowzers. Yeah. Okay. uh, Uh, Awesome. So he's going to slum it to work on my project okay um and so you have uh album art i have album art yes okay Uh, the album the uh, this album won't have colorful cartoony illustrations that the previous albums had sure also if anybody's curious uh this album cover won't be the third piece of a puzzle because you know mark of the beast and manslaughter they fit together and make a picture oh man the top half of my face and the bottom will will you ever complete that picture or is that done no it's done it's it was just going to be those two okay uh, so this is a- this actually has photography oh. for the front and back album covers. Those have been shot. I had that photo shoot last week. I got the pictures back this week. Uh, it looks terrific. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I saw them, and uh, I concur. They look really wonderful. Uh, uh, ben uh, Trivet, he's a wonderful photographer. He's done a lot of work for Epic Wind Burlesque. Yes, he does. As well as both for both of us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he shot the pictures that are used on our graphic on the uh, – Nerdy Show website. That's right. The beat-up photos, yeah. Or the bloody noses and the black eyes and stuff. Yeah, Ben Trivet. Uh, Wonderful. So the album is a concept album. Yeah. There is a narrative arc that goes throughout the entire album. Right. The whole, all the songs tell a story. And there's a number of skits that add to that story. Okay. So as the songs are now, as all the songs are done and they're going off for mixing, uh, I'm now, I've got some scripts for all of these skits that I'm going to, uh, I'm going to bring in a friend of ours to help me. Uh, punch them up a little bit, sure. make them a little tighter, sure. make them a little a script doctor. funnier, yeah. a script doctor. And then I will be bringing in the voice actor who will be doing um, all of these scenes with me. All of the scenes, all of these skits, it's just dialogue between two characters. One of them is clearly myself and one of them is somebody else. And you're being uh, vague on purpose. Like yes. You're, 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 because you uh, have, have uh, dreamed up a... Kind of, in my humble opinion, a pretty wonderful marketing, viral marketing campaign for this thing. Oh, thank you. Um, Keeping everybody in the dark, keeping it a mystery until the very last possible moment. Yeah. Uh, And... And I'm excited about it, and I know what's going on. Like, I've heard half the songs on the album. I know, and you still, uh, I, I've still, I feel I've kept the... You've kept some pretty key things from the, me. The, 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 you, yeah. know, you know the, the, the gist of the story yeah. and the concept, and you know the title. Yeah, I do know um, But you, you don't know how it all plays. No, because I haven't heard the whole thing in its entirety. Right. Which, you know, if it has a narrative arc, I don't know what that na- narrative arc is. Right, that's good. Right. Yeah. Um, I have started... Um, Recently, I'm I'm now starting to drop um, tidbits, clues, teasers yeah. on in, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere I have an online presence. Um, and if you see anything that is kind of confusing or cryptic or mysterious that is marked with the hashtag SP, ooh, that is a, that is a clue for the record. Uh, I need you to know though, because I dropped one today and everybody got all fancy pants and thought they figured it out. You need to know that there is. Um, 
I don't want to say that it's deceptive, but there's there may be there may be some red herrings being thrown out. Oh, there too. but the red herrings are actually still relevant to the I can't. This will all make sense one day. Maybe one day, <laughs> maybe like a few months from now, we'll go back and we'll play some of these segments and I'll decode all of it. What I'm all of what I'm not actually talking about now. Uh, but the record is. Uh, hashtag SP at this point. Right. Uh, um, well, I'm really excited um, mm. because you because I know you've been working so very hard for so long. And I'm just really excited for this to, to finally just get out into the world. I'm yeah. it's it feels nice because I've been working on it for so long and I've, uh, you know, sort of sighed heavily uh, the many times when you ask me about the progress yes. of it on this podcast. Yes. Um, it's nice that I'm at a point where I'm starting to feel like this thing is really kind of materializing. It's, it's, it's gelling. Yeah. A lot of the work yeah. is getting done. And now it's, it's, I actually, it used to be a little bit more abstract, but now I can see this whole project and I, I can kind of, well, yeah, no sure though. The whole thing is taking shape. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you, you know, it's more than just an idea at this point. There's like tangible, uh, material and and uh, and a lot more work than just creating music is now like in the final stages of being complete as well. Because I know I know you're you're having a, a poster image designed as well. Poster and that, image and that's going to be on like yeah. t-shirts and and you know possibly other merch as well. I yeah, don't wanna, I don't want to tip gonna, that either. But right, there's going to be a whole merchandising yeah. campaign that's connected just with. Uh, imagery from the record right uh if i in a, in a in a dream world if i had the possibility i would make the record scratch and sniff <laughs> what, what would can can you tell us what scent it would be lavender oh. this record smells like lavender hashtag sp hashtag right there SP. there you go done <laughs> Little viral marketing on a podcast—that's pretty cool. That'll that'll make sense someday. <laughs> well, I'm I'm really excited. I've been seeing little like uh, very obscure bits and pieces. Sure, uh, yeah, you're one, you of, one of one of two people. Yeah, three people. Uh, you're one of three people that gets to see anything from it, right? And or, probably, or hear anything from right, it, right? And, um, and you have probably been exposed to the most of it. And even from my point of view, it's still very obscure and still very like. I have no idea how the whole thing is going to come together. Yeah. Um, and I'm really, really excited. Well, thanks. I'm very excited, yeah. too. It'll be great to have this thing done because then again, I can, well, right now it's a, it's a really solid excuse for not uh, being social. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I feel, <laughs> like that, need excuse, I feel that yeah. once this is finished, then I will uh, maybe go out and do things again or at the very least finish the video games that are backing up. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what I've been doing. Now, awesome. I, I originally, like, when I used to co-produce Epic Win Burlesque with yeah. you. You stepped down. I stepped down. And when yeah. I stepped down, it was it was kind of, and, and this was last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I stepped down because I needed to put more time into working on my art. Yeah. And making songs and working on a new record. And producing Epic Win just it required a lot of attention, a lot of energy that I needed more time to do that. So now that I've had this, like, year to do that. Now I see you finding yourself in a in a kind of a similar position. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where you have had this experience where uh, maybe you had an epiphany while in the hospital. Yeah. But you realized Big that time. you you've put all of this energy and everything that you had into running Epic Win Burlesque and keeping it going. That you your own craft, which is magic, right, had been sorely neglected. So. What, t- let's talk about that. What is okay. what has happened? What has changed for you? When what is and what are you doing? With well, that it was thing? that it went, you you it was exactly that you mentioned it. Um, in in the time that I spent in the hospital, uh, in the 
the, the four months of hospital that I had to endure, it, it forced me to really live my life presently. Whereas I was always living my life three months ahead. And in those three months, it was always epic wind shows or some, uh, something having to do with New York City burlesque. And I, I love performing in New York City burlesque. I love epic wind burlesque. But somewhere along the line, <clears throat> I forgot that I was a professional magician, which is weird because I was performing magic in all of these shows. Right. But I, I'm, a, you know, in, in much the same way that there are, you know, long form comedians or long form improv artists, you know, I'm a long form magician. I'm a stage magician. And I've been focusing on just doing chunks for so long. I had forgotten what it's like to do a whole show. And which is what I was doing prior to uh, burlesque, essentially. Mm -hmm. And like just a just an evening with Nelson Lugo. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I I wasn't doing that and I wasn't doing that for so long. I mean, a large part of that was um, my my divorce and my and my marriage is kind of dissolving. And I was still reeling from that for a very long time. Sure. And so I was not. I was not only not creating anything, but I had no desire to create anything. Um, and then Epic Wind came along, and that became something I could put all of my focus and attention to. And then Cancer came along and kind of slapped me in the back of the head and said, maybe you should be creating opportunities for yourself rather than other people. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, don't get me wrong. I love Epic Wind Burlesque, and Epic Wind Burlesque <laughs> is gonna, still going to be something that happens. Um, I just think it's more important in the long run for me to focus on my craft and my craft only. And you're right. I've been, I've been sort of re-inspired. I've, I've, I have my passion for it back again. Um, and we're working on new stuff. Yeah. I've, I've created, uh, well in the past year I've created at least three new acts, which is three more acts I created in the past four years. Right. Uh, and (laughs) you know, uh, and, uh, uh, and, I, and I'm creating new acts all the time. Um, I don't get to, you know, they don't get to go on stage as quickly as I'd like because I have to rehearse them. They, I, they have to be perfect before I can put them on stage. Sure. And magic is fucking hard, yo. It doesn't look easy. No, it's not. I mean, it, it's only good if it, if it looks effortless. And yeah. so that's what I'm working towards right now. And um, in the midst of all of that, I am now writing uh, my own one-man show. That's right. Let's yeah. talk about that one-man show. <laughs> You have a Nelson Lugo is developing a one man show, a magic show in five acts. Yes. Yes. Uh, and what's the title of this show? I don't know. I don't know if I should tip. No, I'll tip it. I mean, it's fine. I, I, this is the first. By the time. Well, no, this, this will be the first time that it gets revealed anywhere. And I won't say anything online until this actually airs. Okay. Um, but it's called uh, Gathering the Magic. Yes. Uh, Gathering the Magic. Gathering the Magic. It's very funny. A magic show in five acts. Um, written and performed by Nelson Lugo, and it's so it's 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 just one man show. It's just you on stage. It's just me on stage, yes. unless uh, unless you use maybe like an audience. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, they'll be they'll be volunteers, but it's just your show. Yes, I'm not I'm not sharing the stage with another entertainer. Yes, um, and which is it? It feels it feels good. It feels like I'm coming home to something. It feels like, um, in many ways, like this is something I should have been doing all along. And uh, I'm kind of kicking myself that it took me this long to realize it. Oh, that's, um, that's wasted energy. 
Well, I mean, I'm so not I'm glad that you're doing it now. Well, I'm not dwelling on it because I'm okay. too busy <laughs> creating stuff. Well, good. Uh, but as of right now, um, the show uh, phase one is complete. The show is the, the writing of it is done. Or at least the first draft of it is done. Mm -hmm. um, and right now I am interviewing directors uh, to direct the... Basically, it's storytelling with magic. It's not, a, it's not an evening where it's just magic trick, magic trick, magic trick, because I find that to be boring. Sure. Um, and coming from a very strong actor's background, uh, I, uh, I, I, I need a sense of theater in what I do. Sure. Uh, and so you're a showman. Yeah, exactly. And so these are going to be, um, I guess my hook is that, you know, the stories are true, but the magic is fake. Basically, you know, these are stories, uh, that are about my life, about my childhood, about, um, you know, basically a lot of the decisions and the actions that I took and the people that I knew who, who created, who were I, I directly responsible or indirectly responsible for Nelson Lugo being a magician in the first place, essentially. Yeah. Um, is it? A, a, is it? Is it? Does it get weepy? Is does it get a little tear jerky? Um, you know what? A little bit, but it's um. There, there is this one story where I talk about my grandmother. Right, and you can't talk about your grandmother, or at least you can't write about your grandmother. Well, no, it's well, it's both. I can't <laughs> write. I, I learned the. I learned uh, in a very interesting way that I cannot write or talk about my grandmother without crying a little bit. Let's talk about your grandmother. <laughs> You're not going to get me to cry on the podcast. I'm the Barbara Walters of uh, this podcast now. My, my, uh, uh, my grandmother um, was a very, very important person in my life. She passed away uh, three years ago. And, uh, and just a little hint of the story. Uh, she uh, practices, uh, or rather practiced, um, santeras which means that she was a, a Santeria, mm -hmm. uh, which means she was a Puerto Rican witch. And that's, yeah, right. that is... Black magic. Yeah, that's black magic. And uh, she believed what she did was real. I didn't believe what she did was real. And we loved each other immensely. And um, I miss her quite a bit. I, I miss her more now that I'm writing about it. And a, a lot of the show kind of leads up to her story in my life and you know it just it it's very i don't believe in coincidences but if i did uh, uh i would link her love of her magic to my love of my magic and have that be some kind of like connection wait um, wait, wait you don't believe in coincidences or you don't believe in fate uh both I don't. Yeah, I think it's a, a coincidence. A coincidence doesn't require your belief. A coincidence uh, is a fact. No, you know, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely sorry. Fate. Is, Let coincidence me is the is the realist's version yes. of, to explain. A I fate. do not. I do not believe in fate. I do not believe that okay. things happen for a reason. There you go. I don't. I don't believe that there's any kind of premeditated or predetermined. I got uh, your back on that. Uh, methods about life. Sure. You know, uh, it's all one big random soup of randomness. There is no destiny. Yeah. I agree with that. Exactly. And so, um, but the way I tell the story, one would be led to believe that I was always destined to be, to be a magician based on my background of this long line of conjurers in my family. Because it was my grandmother and then her grandmother and her grandmother and her grandmother for that, basically. And so I'm the only one in the family who, quote unquote, practices magic. So if you believed in that sort of thing, you would draw those kind of conclusions, but sure. I don't. Um, and I say so in my show, basically. And I let the audience kind of decide for themselves 
what they want to believe. Um, Because I make it perfectly clear about what I believe, Mm -hmm. which doesn't take away from the fact that I love my grandmother so very much. Um, And uh, so, yeah, and uh, I'm really, really excited. I like phase one of this whole thing is complete in my mind. Um, No, you you need a director. I need a director. I need I need a director slash dramaturge, you know, someone who can collaborate with me and, you know, polish these stories, hone them, you know, get them to a point where it's you know, sharper and, and, sure. and, you know, clearer. And, you know, I'm actually saying what I want to convey rather than the, the, the ramblings of my brain on paper, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Wow. Uh, that's very exciting. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. And it's, and it's all new magic. Um, not, all of it, all of it. There's nothing in this show that I've done in for the past four years wow essentially damn yeah it's oh, all I'm even more excited now well no, i that... figured there'd be a couple things in there that no I'm... no that's actually that's not true uh, my my silk to egg routine love it is in it and, <laughs> and that's actually the only reason why it's in it is because you keep telling me how much you fucking love it oh it's my favorite that's my favorite yeah. act of yours so that is the only uh piece of magic that's in it that's um from prior to this show which is why, you know, in Florida was such a productive time for me because um, I managed to convince <laughs> a venue director <laughs> to book my show sight unseen. How did that happen? Were you doing a hosting a burlesque <laughs> show at that? No, not at all. I, I went to um, while I was down in Florida, I saw a bunch of shows and one of the shows I saw um, was at a venue called The Venue. Clever. Clever title um, and a beautiful space beautiful space i was so uh uh uh, heartened to see such a beautiful space in orlando um brand new facility great stage great lights the whole thing and uh there's a woman named um blue uh blue star i know her yeah and she uh runs a burlesque show there she also has a dance troupe and she, now I know the venue too. I've been there. Yeah, I've I've seen a show there. Yeah, exactly. And so she's uh, she owns a venue. She runs the the burlesque show. She runs her dance troupe. Like she is a woman of many hats and many talents. Sure. And I saw her dance piece there called um, uh, "Hammers and Lambs" or "Lambs and Hammers." I forget which. And it was beautiful. It's modern dance, so a lot of it goes over my head because I'm just not informed about it. Sure. But it was very beautiful, and I was very entertained. And after the show, um, uh, a friend of mine, Sean, our mutual friend, mm-hmm. Sean, um, uh, he's the one who took me and uh, he knows her. And so I got an introduction and we started talking. They're like, oh, what do you do, Nelson? Well, you know, I'm here from New York. I'm hosting this show. I'm a magician. You're a magician? That's awesome. Really? Well, I have a one man show and I'm looking for a venue. Hey, would you like to do it in October? Sure. <laughs> Now you have a deadline to create, to finish creating the show. Right. At that point, you still weren't done with it, I'm assuming. Oh, no, no, not at all. I had a fire under you. So, well, I had originally planned and I may still, this may, may still be my original plan. I gave myself a deadline of January to get it on stage in New York, which Mm -hmm. may actually still happen. Um, getting a deadline in October. Whoo, man, that put the. Uh, all kinds of fear in me and um, I finished that writing that show Lickety Split good so the show for as far as I know is done writing um, the director or dramaturg may feel differently but as far as I'm concerned I'm done writing it sure um, and uh, so now I'm rehearsing the magic and workshopping it in uh, other shows and stuff and just to get like audience 
reaction because yeah, I'm not going to know if it's going to work or not unless I get in front of an audience. Um, and there's one tr there's one trick that I do that it's almost impossible for me to rehearse it without an audience. So that was nerve wracking to do it like that new in front of an audience and still have it be spectacular, basically. Um, but so far, everything's working. Huh, and uh, I'm, I'm having a great time, uh, you know, uh, rehearsing the stuff and coming up with new magic and and, um, you know, having a good time. And I, for one, am incredibly excited to say it because I also uh, like I don't like admitting this. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. I'm a fan of your work. <laughs> you, that is not the first time you have said that to me. I know. Uh, in that exact phrasing and exact words. I know. Even the same body gestures. Yeah, too. same body I really, shrugs. I love seeing you do magic because uh, you're great at it and because uh, it's it's just something that like I, I can't even fathom doing. Right. And so every time when you do one of these burlesque shows and you do a magic trick in it, it's always exciting to see you do one. But um, I'm excited to see you do a whole show. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. I want to. I want to get back to doing what I love, and that's what I love doing. And that's exciting. Yeah. It'll be especially exciting because it'll be like, oh, you're not. You aren't just excited because you can execute this one trick. Right. It's a. It's a whole passion project. It's your whole show. Yeah, and, and I'm. Ex I'm really excited. And it's. It's interesting because um, I originally wrote this show to be all of the stories were going to be very raw and very vulnerable and um um a bit darker. Mm -hmm. Because I, because I, you know, I, I had come, and maybe we'll talk about this one day, but not today. But you know, uh, I, I had come from out of a very dark place in my life, mm -hmm. and so all of that's kind of still fresh in my mind, and it's stuff that I don't talk about um, in public. Sure. You know, you know, because you're around for it. Sure. Um, but you know, there's there's parts of that time that I don't talk about and have never talked about, and and I feel a need to talk about it now, and I purposely left it out because I started I started you know writing these stories and these stories are very they're fun they're they're adorable they're i mean they're still real and they're still funny um but there isn't really an edge to them because i don't write that way and to stick some of the sadder stuff in seemed inappropriate for now so there will come a time where i actually write a sadder or darker show that has magic in it but this is not the time how long yeah. is this whole show in running time? Is or what is your ideal? My my plan is an hour. Right now, I have a solid forty five minutes, um, which I think is a good length for a magic show. Uh, I think anything over an hour, and that's too much. Yeah. Um. Uh. So I have forty five minutes of material with maybe like ten minutes of interaction with the audience. So I think ultimately it's going to be like a fifty minute show. Okay. Uh, uh, essentially, when it, when it's all said and done, um, there are. Uh, five stories, um, and I believe uh, seven pieces of magic in it. Um, and the magic is the, the the stories do not punctuate the magic, and the magic don't illustrate the stories. Um, at least not obviously. They do to me, but I'm never going to reveal that to the audience. You know, if you're smart enough to pick up on the clues. Oh, I'm going to pay attention. <laughs> then all the power to you. But um, this show, first and foremost, is written to be entertaining. Mm -hmm. And it's written for the uh, most common denominator. It, you know, I'm writing this as a very commercial, very uh, pleasing. You want to be able to play to a range of audiences. Absolutely. Because my plan is to tour. My plan is to get booked on 
like you know like a club circuit or a venue circuit or some kind of like college tour or maybe even cruise ships you know what i mean um and i really need this show to be uh as ha- have as broad an appeal as possible luckily for me it's turning out that way like i don't need to do it on purpose it just is what it is and so um you know if i if, if i'm gonna hit the next level in my career as a magician this is something that needs to happen you know i don't have a choice in the matter mm-hmm. you know it's either that or play new york ballet shows for the next 20 years which is fine i've made a living doing that is it fine it is well it is i mean i burlesque has been very good to me sure that, it I'm really not saying, has. you you you, you don't know have to dismiss how good burlesque has been to yeah you, but really just doing working in burlesque shows for the next 20 years i don't think it would actually be fine for you you know what if if it wasn't for the cancer i probably would be doing that and and I would I would be okay with that because I made a good living, I had a good life, or rather I have a good life uh, in it. You know I'm sure. I'm regarded, I'm well regarded. Uh, you know um, because of the cancer, I need more. Yeah, and this is the next step for that, uh, essentially. Um, and so I'm going to get it filmed professionally. I'm going to get it filmed in high definition. I'm going to then use that footage. Because in order, in order to get a booking agent, they need, you know, 45 minutes of uninterrupted footage of your show or act. And so this is going to be the show that's going to propel me to the next level, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and getting booked in Florida is not bad, you know. Yeah. That's a damn good step, you know. Uh, and it's a, it's a showbiz culture. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Theme, theme park, you know. showbiz culture. Uh, so, yeah. Um, my, I, would, I would love nothing more than to travel to you know, great cities all across this country and do the show, you know, maybe even take it to Edinburgh, you know, and have that, you know, have that feather in my cap, you know, uh, uh, I'm, and I'm sure the, our legions of fans of the podcast uh-huh. in their various cities, all the globe, 13 of them, I think we determined they are, at this point, they would probably love to see it too. <laughs> I hope so. I, do, I really do. I do think it's interesting that we both decided to really like, not only just throw ourselves into our art again, right. but to throw ourselves into our art and both ended up creating something that is very personal and very real and dark and narrative, but still <laughs> consumable to an audience. Like we've both kind of gone a very similar route with that. I think, you know what? It's, I, I'm not surprised by that. Um, you would be awesome. What's that? Is then if someday, like when this record's on, like I'm going to do... Like when I do when I do an album release, I'm not going to do it in a music venue like I have with previous records. I'm right. going to do it in a theater, and I'm going to like do the whole album beginning to end, and I'm going to get all the guests to show up and appear on the songs, and the voice actor to show up, and we're going to like actually stage out this act out this whole story. I'm of the thing. so happy you're talking about this because I wanted to ask you about this, and I didn't know if this was part of the secret stuff. Um, I am beyond thrilled and excited that you're actually going to. Not just have a concert for your album, but you're, you're going to have a a staged theatrical experience. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have to do a similar thing. I have to get a director. And yeah, there's be lighting cues. I am so fucking happy. I'm doing this. I, I'm doing this album like a play. Yeah, basically when I do it live, uh. it's my it's my Tommy <laughs> 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 or the Wall or whatever. Uh, it's just a shittier Tommy or Wall. Oh, but it's still, stop. Um, look, the Wall. No, it's great. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. So, um. I, I like the idea that there's a possibility yeah. in our future that, that I can open for Shape of the we, Dark Lord or vice versa that we can do a show together yeah. that isn't a burlesque show. Yeah. Yeah. And well, also, I mean, there's also a part of, of 
the burlesque um, business that I was never really comfortable with. Like, I am a straight male who produces uh, an entertainment that relies on the talent of women. Like, I have never felt that I've exploited anyone. Quite the opposite, actually. But it still feels kind of icky. It feels a little icky. Like, yeah, I, I, I went through that exact a, same thing. As a, as a feminist, there's a, there's a part of it, not a huge part of it, because obviously I've did it for four years, but there is a part of it in the back of my mind that's like, dude, you're a straight male. Like, this should, this should be a completely female-run industry. It is my belief that burlesque shows should be produced by burlesque performers and hosted by burlesque performers. Yeah. And There's no reason for people like us. Right. Like, I know people enjoy seeing us. Yeah. And uh, it's, I mean, hosting isn't exactly easy. No. It's not no. brain science, but it's not exactly easy well, either. Well, I mean... But in, there, in, are lo- there are plenty of burlesque performers yeah. out there who produce their own shows, and they do a great job, yeah. and they host their own shows, yeah. and do a great job. There's no reason that, like, a fully clothed straight dude needs to come in and be like, I'm the... Yeah. I'm the your ringleader yeah. when all of these people are doing all of the amazing work, and I, I feel... Absolutely. Absolutely. In it, fact, it, it has always bothered me that I have never done a burlesque act. Yeah. I will never do a burlesque act because I'm just, uh, my talents lie elsewhere. And it's just not something I'm interested in. Right. But I'm very cognizant of the fact that I am someone involved in burlesque for the past nine years who's never taken their clothes off. Right. And that... That weighs on me, you know, yeah, and, I, and again, I feel, I feel the exact <laughs> same way. And so, I mean, I'm still going to produce burlesque. I mean, Epic Wind's not going anywhere. Um, it'll probably be scaled back considerably considering that I'm moving in a new direction in my life. Um, but, you know, uh, Epic Wind was a very, very important in my life. It'll continue to be a very important in my life. Uh, and, you know, it's just that I need to make room for other things, basically. Well put. Yeah. Uh, and well, best of luck to you And best of luck to you too I am excited Thanks. to buy your album I'm excited What do you mean buy my album? I always buy the first one You're not going to buy this one I buy the first one I'm not, I'm not taking your money I, I buy it on oh, iTunes Oh you're such a dick you, <laughs> you have gotten my money via iTunes wow. I'm very excited to own this Because this is something that's been You've been working on it for a long Long, long time, time. Yeah, It's been a few years you know, <laughs> Um, but you've only been working on in earnest for the past year. Yeah, that's true. Know, so it's only uh, really had direction in like the past year. Right. Before I, that, I was just dicking around and periodically writing songs about <laughs> ghosts. Now it has direction. Now it has direction. Um, but yeah, I would love to do a double bill with you. Well, uh, talk to my agent. You don't have an agent. Well, can I be your agent? You're hired. Hey, uh, Schaefer, I have this great idea. There's this Sorry, kid named... Too, I'm full of pills. Oh. I can't talk. Mm-hmm. That was me snoring because I'm on the nod from all the pills. <laughs> <laughs> so good stuff is on the horizon for yep. both uh, Schaefer the Dark Lord. Yep. And, Nelson a, Lugo. and Magician Nelson Lugo. Yep. Uh, and if you're in Florida uh, in, uh, in late October, um, I'm going to be doing my one-man show, Gathering the Magic. Uh, for two nights at the venue. Um, and, you know, I'll, I mean, you know, the, the, all of that Facebook stuff is going to go up pretty damn soon. Sure. Um, you and know. If, 
if you're anywhere on planet Earth in September, you can get my new record. <laughs> Hashtag SP until the title's revealed. Right. Uh, and then probably in a city near you shortly after that, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I'm going to do some, I'll do some traveling when the record comes out. Nice. Dude, take me with you. Okay. If you're gonna if you're gonna do your thing in in, in theaters versus concert venues, then no, I'm gonna do it in theater for uh, the sake of a record release party in New York. Uh, but when I when I travel, I'm still gonna play in music venues. Okay. And I'm not taking all of the guests and the voice actor with me. Oh. Uh, can you can you tip some of the guests on the album, or do you want to keep that a secret? Oh, I gotta keep that a secret too. Damn it. Sorry, so many secrets, you guys. Damn it. I'm the, I'm the, the pre- here's the interesting thing. I'm ostensibly the one with all the secrets, technically, uh-huh. being a magician and all. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you every damn thing about it. Oh, show. I know. Everything you want to know. I know. But I don't want to know. I think that's it. I mean, I don't have anything else to talk about. I think we're good. I think we're good. Do you want to, you got to plug anything? Uh, yes. August 3rd, Saturday, August 3rd, Epic Wind Burlesque is going to be at our bar at 8 p.m. And uh, the, the theme, the concept, the overall production of the show is uh, 90s boy bands. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a mix of ladies and dudes Shaking and twisting, shimming and shaking to uh, 90s boy band music. So many headset microphones. Uh, so many headset microphones. And you know what? It's going to be hilarious. Um, there's, a, there's a new kid on the block. See what I did there? There is a new kid on the block. His name is uh, Lucky Charming. And uh, he is going, actually going to be hosting the show. It's going to be his first hosting opportunity. And I'm really, really excited to give him the stage, stage space. He's, he's, um, he's young and hungry and eager and excited. And I can't wait to see him work. Uh, so come out uh, if you are in New York City for that. On Saturday, August 10th, Epic Wind Burlesque presents the Serenity Spectacular at Yee-haw! the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. It is a show that is a tribute to Joss Whedon's Firefly. There you go. There'll be something like a dozen acts. All the characters, all the characters you want to see from Firefly uh, and also Badger. Oh, yeah. There will, uh, <laughs> there'll be some steampunk go-go dancers in the front bar. And then closing out the end of the night uh-huh. will be uh, full-on hip-hop sets from both me yeah. and Adam Warrock. Yeah, yeah. The vocalist behind I the Brown Coats mixtape. I love me some Adam Warrock. Yeah, me too. I, th- I have a man crush on him, like serious man crush. Get in line. Uh, you know what? I actually have a lot of shows in August, as it turns out. Yeah. I'm not going to list them all here. If you want to know all of my shows, then just um, uh, follow me on Facebook. Uh, it's uh, the Vaudevillian Facebook, or just search my name, Nelson Lugo. Um, or you can go, I have a fan page as well that you can like that has all that information as well. Um, or you can go to uh, the newly designed NelsonLugo.com. Uh, I, uh, I've refreshed all of the, everything. I've cleaned up the site. I've, I've dusted it and taken the cobwebs down. And it is now a viable place for all things Nelson Lugo. Nice. I'm going to follow your lead, you know, because I've got a yeah. couple of hosting gigs in August. And yeah. F that. Go to my website. And you'll, get, <laughs> you'll get the dates when I'm performing. And that's SchaferTheDarkLord.com. <laughs> Oh, and before that, yeah. I'm traveling back to rural Iowa for my <gasps> high school reunion. That's right. You're going for your high school. This my is your 20 year high school reunion. Damn, son. Uh, good luck with that. Christ be with me. Oh, no. That's not a thing. Oh, no. May, may some sort of Zen Lake peace wash over me as I travel back to a place where I was called a faggot for 18 years. 
Yikes. Yeah. I want to hear all about I, I Actually, I want to go with you. That's what I really want to do. Oh, God. I'm so glad. I want to go with you. I'm and, so and, glad nobody from New York is going with And record the whole thing. Like, just like, as a documentarian, just like record everything around you. Um, well, I'll, I'll bring back lots of goodies. I'm going to try to get some like audio samples and some photos and videos of, of events going on. Nice. I'm going to have a whole lot of surreal nostalgia. Uh, but the most important thing in August is uh, the Epic Pie Cast one year anniversary. Dun, 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 dun. Can you believe it's been a year? Yes. Next month we will Next month be, will be one, one year. years old. And not just that, but we are going to have a very, very special Epic podcast. What do you mean special? Special. It's not. It's not just going to be us and these beautiful and spacious Studio Six C. Oh no 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 no. What? No, we're going to be recording this show live in front of a studio audience. Studio audience. Yes, we are going to be taking the Epic Podcast to the Tank Theater on August sixteenth, and we are going to be doing it live in front of an audience. We're going to have. Uh, all kinds of amazing guests. We're going to have musical guests. We're going to have uh, all kinds of shenanigans. It's going to be uh, recorded for audio, obviously, for the podcast. But I am in talks with the Nerdist Show to have it streaming live on the internet. Oh, goodness. Yes. So, uh, Friday, August 16th. Friday, August 16th. The tickets are going to be cheap as fuck. Because it's really going to be the two of us talking shit about Batman. <laughs> and with some very, very special we guests. We will have some special guests. Maybe some alumni from the podcast. Definitely Maybe some we'll alumni from the podcast. bring back some of our podcast. guests and have them do their thing uh, on stage. In fact, we are going to be bringing back some audience favorites. Um, mm -hmm. And our musical guest. Can we talk about our musical guest? We can talk about our musical guest. We are asking, after Birth Monkey. After Birth Monkey from episode 11? Yes, they are going to be our musical guest for the oh, evening. Good, and they're gonna they play... have more than three songs. No, they have some amazing funny songs. And they're going to be playing some songs for us live. Uh, it's it's going to be a much longer podcast, obviously, so we'll probably end up delivering it in two chunks. Uh, but we will make that determination as we get closer. Uh, but I am really excited. Yeah, it's going uh, to be fun. It's gonna, so if, if you want to know more about that, then watch the interwebs. Watch Nelson Lugo. Uh, dot com. Watch Shay for the Dark Lord. Dot com. Watch our perspective Twitters and Facebook feeds for all the information. Um, because I am so damn excited. We're gonna we're gonna have uh, uh, prizes for the audience. Are we? Yeah. Maybe even a trivia contest. Who knows? Oh my gosh! There's so much. I know. <laughs> yeah. Watch it. We're, we'll ask trivia questions about the history of this show, and then the room will fall silent because <laughs> nobody that we lure to the show in New York actually listens. To no. No. Nobody in New York actually. Afterbirth Monkey listens, but they're going to be performing. Well, so they no, can't no, really no. They, they only started listening after they became guests of the okay, show. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, August is going to be a fantastic month uh, for the two of us and for Epic Win and for the podcast. So, uh, it, as always, if you have questions, comments, love letters, or porn, send it to epicpiecast at gmail.com. That's epicpiecast at gmail.com. This has been the Epic Podcast episode 12. This is Nelson Lugo. And this is Schaefer the Dark Lord. Be safe, Internet. Bye! <laughs> the Epic Podcast is brought to you by Nerdy Show. All programming on the Nerdy Show Network is listener-supported. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, you can show your support by telling a friend or going to nerdyshow.com and clicking the support button. 
Even a small contribution gets you cool nerdy perks and allows you to take part in our monthly support drive contests. For more episodes of the Epic Piecasts, videos, contests, and other nerdy programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Subscribe to all our latest episodes via the iTunes Store. And remember to follow us on Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter at Nerdy Show to keep up to date on the latest Nerdy Show news.